Hello and welcome to this episode 7 of the Stack Magazine's podcast. My name is Stephen Watson, I'm the founder of Stack and this week I've been speaking to the team from Ladybeard magazine or more specifically I've been speaking to Kitty Drake, Sivo Sullivan and Scarlett Evans from Ladybeard. That's the magazine we sent out to Stack subscribers last month, so September 2016 and it's a magazine that is written from a feminist perspective but taking a different theme each issue. So this this was their, their mind issue and so there's lots of really really fascinating stuff in there on perspectives on mental health and this is actually the second attempt I've had at getting them into the podcast and um, we put on an event together uh, a few weeks ago here in London and I tried to record the audio from that but something went horribly wrong and I was left with nothing the next day so they were good enough to come over to my house uh, one night this week and you will be able to hear from yourself the the squeaky kitchen chairs as we sat around the kitchen table and spoke all about making the magazine they were really really good this but really openly about the pressures and the challenges and really the times when you just ask yourself why you're even bothering to make this thing um but then they also spoke about like the real joy of it as well and how for them really the the point is not getting paid you know they're, they're making this because it's a magazine they love um and also you get to hear scarlett the art director sharing her secrets of photographing a vibrator on her mum's pink silk top for the cover of the first issue I'm very excited to say that this episode is the first one that we've had sponsored. Um, Park Communications are actually the printer who produced um, Lady Beard magazine and they do lots of work in supporting independent magazine publishers here in London and elsewhere. So I think it's really appropriate that they have uh, stepped up as the sponsors for this one. So I'd like to thank them very much. I'd also like to thank them for their support in New York. We're, we're heading off to New York together uh, next week to put on a bunch of independent magazine shows there. So if you're in New York and you're listening to this uh, before the 20th of October, check the Stack blog for a magazine event that we're putting on near you. Park really are genuine print enthusiasts, so if you think that you have a print project that they might be able to help you with, visit parkcom.co.uk, that's parkcom.co.uk, to see what they could do with you. Okay, that's it from me, I'm going to be back at the end, and I hope you enjoy listening to my interview with Ladybeard. Hi, so I'm here with Kitty Drake, Saibo Sullivan and Scala Evans from Ladybeard magazine. Um, so Kitty and Saib, you are editors and Scala, your art director, is that right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, thank you for coming to my kitchen tonight. Um, <laughs> no problem. I'm sorry the recording didn't work properly the first time. <laughs> um, there are, I know you're going to find this hard to believe, there are actually some people who, who listen to these podcasts who are not already stack subscribers <laughs> that's so, outrageous i know i know i know i try to discourage it but the you can't stop them so for people who have not actually received a copy of ladybeard and loved it can you tell us a little bit about what the mag is ladybeard is a feminist print magazine that takes the form and format of glossy magazines but it's stuff at you. But aims to reimagine the content. And when we say we take the form and format, we use that as our inspiration and our platform. So it doesn't really 
look like your L's and your Vogue's, more it kind of uses uses the things that we loved about those magazines as our inspiration for not the aesthetic but like the the the, the weight of it and the the style and the glossiness and the beauty of it and it's a themed magazine um we've done two this is our second issue first was on sex and the second was on mind yeah i think i would just add to that that we all grew up um i myself am still actually rather ashamed to say i'm still a subscriber to vogue and Elle. are you <laughs> yes i am i've got to know what the competition's saying but um, it's just fun to call them competition well they're not the competition but basically we I grew up reading those magazines, we all did, and and kind of relishing the experience of reading them, but at the same time hating the way they made us feel. Because um, those magazines kind of propagate one image of what a woman should be, um, both visually and, and textually in all of the articles, and it's usually like a thin, white, straight woman. And we wanted to kind of make something which had all the gloss and the glamour and the beauty and the kind of fleshy experience of like picking up those magazines, tearing stuff out of them, reading through them, rereading them. But something which actually um, was in really inspiring and had kind of liberating feminist messages about what people could be. Um, and kind of took us out of the boxes of gender and and boxes for everything really gender sexuality aspirations kind of career that those magazines and kind of general media culture have have kind of boxed us into mm -hmm. I think. Mm -hmm. and so you started with a sex issue and so you can see how that's very closely aligned with that publishing world so the you know sex cells and people I think in the cultures generally know about the sex tips and things like that with the mind issue, it feels like a bit of a move away from that starting place. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Sex is a very literally visible thing. Not that we're necessarily watching people having sex all the time, but it's talked about all the time and it's overrepresented and everything's oversaturated with sex and very narrow ideas of sex. And so that's what we looked at for the first one and we tried to dissect it and explore it. And then for the second issue, we wanted to look at something that is also talked about in various ways, but is very underrepresented and misrepresented and is much more tricky and conceptual, but also affects all of us. So um, I think, I can't remember who it was who suggested the mind. I think it might have been Maddie, uh, our other co-editor, who sadly isn't here tonight. Um, and we all thought we might as well give that a shot <laughs> and then you told us that you wanted us and we were like oh fuck okay I guess we've got to make a magazine <laughs> um, and here we are yeah I think that we sex was kind of an, it wasn't easy to do but it was an easier starting point because everyone can kind of think of the ways that sex is misrepresented in the mainstream media you know sex as you said sex sells you know young women being over sexualized and so opening that up to fresh feminist perspectives was a kind of obvious one. Like, yes, of course we need to. The mind, yeah, it was much more difficult to put together. I think it was much more challenging. I think also that we got more challenging material out of it because we really had to dig deep. Mm. 
And I think that we, I think, yeah, with the mind, it's vital to talk about. And often it is discussed, like you get kind of the standard article about why are so many men killing themselves? And that's, these are really important issues to be talking about. But I think what we wanted to focus on was the way that mental health is something we all live with. And that it shouldn't just be kind of confined to that one think piece and sensationalised even. It's something we all go through. We're all going to experience to lesser and worse degrees points of mental unrest. And that can be, you know, moments of joy, self-loss, religious experience. And we want to kind of so play with that idea, bring it into the forefront and talk honestly about the fact that this is something common to all of us. Mm, mm. Sorry, um, oh no, I was just going to say, and also um, that same think piece as well as <clears throat> it being, like, we are talking about certain forms of um, mental ill health more, um, depression, anxiety, and certain forms of eating disorders are talked about a lot. Uh, today, That when we're recording this, is World Mental Health Day, um, but the conversation stops there. And it's like these, the the way we talk about it in the media, or our ideas of um, different manifestations of mental ill health isn't pushed far enough because it doesn't go beyond the palatable ones. It doesn't talk about um, personality disorders or um, the like um, binge eating disorders or schizophrenia or. All of these things that are seen as much more extreme because we don't talk about them and therefore they're more stigmatised. So like, so to round it, getting away from myself, to round it back to what Kitty was saying, we were kind of balancing those two things of what is completely not said and then um, what should be said because it affects all of us. So like the, the banality of it, but also the, the unspoken of. I don't know if I've said that right. Well, I think the the, the thing that that I find, I guess, most impressive about all of this, about that huge range that you've just covered, is that this could all very easily come off as very worthy and very good for you. You know, like this this magazine could be something that I don't necessarily really want to read a lot Mm. because there's a lot... I mean, you're doing a lot of very very complex stuff with this there, there are a lot of nuance or subtlety and i think scarlet a big part of the reason why you do want to read it is because on every turn of the page <coughs> you've got something that is drawing you through the magazine you've mm. got these fantastic illustrations or photo series or like how do you go about taking these really quite difficult issues that yeah. are being and complex issues and making them nice to look at. Yeah, well, that's I think that's something that we from all sides we try incredibly hard to not do, because everything goes through us each about three thousand times, and if it <laughs> sounds remotely annoying or worthy, then it's cut immediately. Mm. Um, but from a design point of view, yeah, I mean, I guess a lot of the content's incredibly serious and quite heavy, and we do our best to kind of make it playful, fun, lots of bright colours, almost childlike in some parts, but um, yeah, we kind of just try incredibly hard not to be like that, if that makes sense. I think another reason why 
it's not that. It's because our editorial voices are removed as much as we possibly can. It's so many other different people talking. You can't have a crowd of people being worthy unless they're chanting at the same time. If they're all talking about different stuff, it's much mm. more nuanced. So I'm not saying that we personally are not worthy people. I, I think s- we're very worthy. Yeah. yeah. We're actually, like, <laughs> we're way too worthy, which is why we like slap <laughs> ourselves yeah. back. And I think Scarlett with the design, she does slap us back. Yeah. We're like, far too <laughs> earnest for our own good. Yeah, I think yeah. you can. I think that's a, that's a pitfall that you can definitely fall into as well. I mean, especially with... Um, it's kind of it's very hard with writing about mental health and this is it's so awful because it it should you shouldn't feel this way but when you read something often i find when i read stuff about mental health even if it's heartbreaking and it's and it's true i somehow feel this kind of resistance towards it like it can sometimes i know it's it's awful but it kind of cringes me out you know when you lay your heart that yeah. open it feels self-indulgent even when it shouldn't be and maybe that's kind of a problem with the way that we can like conceptualize and you know it's it's that's a problem with the fact that we kind of silence mental health in general that it's then conceived as self-indulgent so it was really really important to us that we were able to talk honestly without to have people talk honestly without compromising on the truth of their experience or like the pain of their experience but have it not cringe the readers out because then it's not going to do anything <laughs> helpful and I think that's part of why we also choose to have when they're personal writings we choose to have them very small so like 200 words 250 words very short kind of like experiential rather than kind of musing on what that experience means because it's kind of nice for the reader as well to be able to read stuff and be like have it spark things in their head rather than being told the whole story in every gory detail you know although there is a space being told every gory detail and and those pieces feel so concentrated that you feel like you're getting a pure shot of this person's experience whether it's experiencing bereavement or um, uh, obsessive compulsive disorder or the I'm trying to think of like the various different things at the, the start of the mag it's this unblinking approach I think in the video review that I, I made so I made a video review about this magazine a couple of weeks ago and number one fan <laughs> <laughs> except for our mums <laughs> and in that I was, I was saying about how the I guess that because mental health is there's a, a lot of um, mental health issues are quite taboo to talk about and this magazine seems to be saying we're not going to avoid or look away from anything we're just going to present this as, as we find it or as the people present it to us so that it's kind of unblinking and that focus I just find so compelling. I think also that that kind of that extends to the visual side of it as well, because I think quite a lot about I mean that carried through from the sex issue, but we went for very explicit to the point visuals as well to kind of make that point that it's not going to be all wreathed in worthiness and wordiness. It's gonna be I mean, Scarlett, you you know more about this than I yeah. do, of course. I mean I mean, yeah, you're right. It, it definitely started with the sex issue, like for example, that cover. Like, I don't know. So, so for anyone cover. who doesn't... Sorry, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, the cover was a big pink vibrator. Um, on and... pink silk. It was amazing. <laughs> on my mum's pink silk top, which I stole. Thanks, Susie. But, I'm oh, sorry, I forgot, I forgot what I was going to say. Explicit, <laughs> to the point. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, In your face. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we kind of also, a lot of the illustrators do 
you know, maybe one or two and you have to get it really right and you have to say exactly what you want to say with that one image or, you know, occasionally obviously there's more, but um, we didn't want to skirt around anything and that's true in, like, the colours that you use. Everything's really bright and in your face and, I don't know, also just the illustration itself. We, yeah, we didn't want to... Yeah, it's like a balance of very blatant what it's saying but also conceptual because that's the virtue of it being illustrated with this we didn't want to misrepresent what the person was writing about yeah and so it was a lot of back and forth um through design to to make sure that we weren't doing anything that misrepresented what our interviewees were saying or what the purpose of that section was and so it's a reason why this magazine is annual or (laughs) it's it takes a long time but yeah it's that Mm. it's like um the uh hannah and tyro are arts editors they find these amazing illustrators who they just they just get it on the nose and we don't see it until like a couple of months before we've we go which is really scary but we trust it's like I think, to be honest, if anything, the arts team are the ones who are, like, gritting their teeth, <laughs> terrified, holding their breath, getting our material. Because yeah. it's always, I always feel like it's this, like, wonderful, well, the two times you've done it, it's like this wonderful <laughs> surprise when you're going to get the, you get the pages back in PDF form. And it's like, it just comes together. And the bold visuals just bring it to life completely. Yeah. Because I think often as well, like, when you've got 250 pages of, as you said, like, very necessarily serious material I remember talking to my mum about it and she just said do you have any jokes in it (laughs) and I was like I was like shut up mum you don't need to have jokes in there but it actually killed me I just thought about it all the time we don't have any jokes in it every meeting where's the funny bit so now where's the funny bit we did we did we put funny because the mind is funny like it's it's one of the most funny things you know the fact that we're all you know going out mad yeah i mean well you know to lesser or more you know it's awful but it's it's funny and it's everything which is a bit kind of frightening is somehow humorous and we had to kind of eke out that side because otherwise that's another thing from the glossy it's like i wanted to read those glossy magazines because i enjoyed them and you can make something as political and as kind of like thoughtful as you like but there's no there's no merit in it at all if you if you can't enjoy reading it because then nobody's going to pick it up. So, yeah. I think I think there is merit, but not. it wouldn't have worked the way we wanted to do it. Yeah, yeah I mean, there is, there is merit in it, but that, I think that's also the thing of, like, we want to have as wide, wide a readership as possible. Yeah. Because another thing about the Glossy that we didn't like is it's, like, for the select few. You know, you buy it and then you aspire to be this kind of person who buys it, but we want people to read Ladybeard. That's why we price it affordably as well. And... As affordably as you can. As affordably as you can in order <laughs> yeah. to make the next one. It's and so it's £7, right? Yes. Yeah, it's £7. Cost of a lovely lunch at Pret. Like yeah. a really lovely lunch with a juice and a snack <laughs> after. Because yeah. Yeah. I think sometimes those things which are, wor- which are very important and really heavy yeah. and they have merit, only a select few of kind of quite intellectual or privileged people will then read it because... Nobody who doesn't kind of already subscribe to that circle yeah. of reading yeah. will be like tempted to pick it up unless they've heard about it from it somebody, you know. To the choir. Yeah, it becomes preaching to the quiet. And I think what we wanted to do mostly was to make something which was fun, which was fun. So then more people 
Like, we want something which is an alternative to the thing that I picked up when I was 14, you know, or any age, really. We wanted something that people would see in, eventually, now that we've got them to our distributor, in shops and be like, oh, what, what's that? And then just, yeah, oh, so squeaky, whoever I <laughs> But, and then pick it up and be like, I wasn't expecting that, but I want to know what's going on. We, not that we're masking what we're doing, but we didn't. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's like, I have so many articles on my list to read, like in yeah. the Guardian or whatever, I never read them. Yeah. Those tabs. We're living in an age of absolute content overload. There, there is nobody out there who needs something else to read. And that's why it's so important that you <laughs> package it. Content and, marketing. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, but that's yeah, like, exactly. more important than ever then. Like the, yeah. you know, the, the, whole, the whole reason content marketing has become a thing is because brands have realised that you need to do more than just put stuff in front of people's faces you to like try to give some value along with it and by doing this by packaging this up in like a lovely thick magazine which only costs seven pounds i mean i know that like you know for a lot of people seven pounds for a magazine is a lot to pay but in terms of independent magazines this is considerably cheaper than Mm. a lot of other mags of this kind of size and weight does that do you ever feel like that is constraining you in what you want to do because if you could put a higher price on the cover then you could do more with it or I actually don't do you no, no I mean like it's, not at all it's a, it's a huge balancing act I, I do the fun money stuff so <laughs> I'm always there in the back like Maybe guys just really guys naive. yeah like guys budget um and I mean like if we put it up maybe we could like the, the dream is to pay our contributors to pay them all so that, that's like next on the list, money-wise. But we also want to produce the magazine that we produce now, and we want as many people to read it as possible. And thanks to you, we had a much bigger print run, so we want to get those ones out there first. So, mm. and also... And what about paying yourselves? Because that's important too. That comes last. That is like yeah. the bottom of the list. That, but that's also why we have to... We work as a collaborative team yeah. of... Six, seven, seven. seven, seven. Sorry, love you, bro. I never count myself. <laughs> um, we work as a collaborative team of seven, and that sounds like it's a lot of us. But actually, to be honest, we've got much smaller staff than you see on the masthead of most magazines. But because we don't pay ourselves anything, it's like I think it's impossible to work for free on something where you don't get equal credit. Yeah. Because nobody wants to be told to do something for free. You know, like they want to tell themselves to do something, and it becomes their passion project. And that's a really difficult thing to... It's difficult to work on something for free, you know. It's so hard. It is, because you feel like... You do feel... Like, you don't feel resentful when you see it all coming together like this. But when everything's going absolutely dreadfully and you don't have any any of the stuff you need and you're having to cut pages at the last minute, you're like, why am I actually doing this to myself? But then then now we're all, like, on a high because we see this thing come out. And we couldn't have done it any other way, sadly. But was like if it would be great if we could be paid, but we would also need to all be paid equally. It would cause so many politics. Yeah, it's almost easier to keep it's, it. it for that, and I mean like we are all working um, anyway because we have to because we can't live in this city otherwise. So this is like our evenings and weekends project, and if we could pay ourselves, that'd be wicked. But we can't, and like. 
One day. One day. I mean, also, like, it's nice to have something that you're not doing because it feels like so far off that we would ever be paid for it. It's just not even on our radar. Yeah. yeah. It's kind of nice to do something where we it's like yeah. you're just doing it for it. And I remember when, I, about when I started Stack, the, it was a hobby. It was just yeah. a, a thing in my spare time. And I really didn't like my job at the time. And I found that I got so much more patience with my job because, like, perversely, I was going home and working yeah. all evening. But, like, actually, it meant that during the day when I was at work, I was like, I saw it, this isn't everything. This is like, the, it meant I actually had, like, energy for doing that stuff. And it's like, it's yeah. such a privilege for us to be able to work on something we love for free and be able to get stuff done to. But it's also because we're bolstering each other up all the time. And because we're not assigning monetary value to what we're doing, it we don't... It's good and bad because we don't have a cut-off point. Um, but we also... We're not feeling like one person is working harder than the other because they've done officially more hours or whatever. Mm-hmm. We're all just, just doing our best. Um, that said... I would love to get start getting paid before my wedding, guys. So <laughs> we could sort that out. <laughs> how how long do we have until the wedding? Twenty eighteen. Yeah, we're, we're good. We're we've good. Don't worry. Oh, sorry, that's yeah. realistic. Yeah. But I do. <laughs> yeah, I do think that that that. I mean, I don't know whether it's idealistic because I'm just li- still living with my parents, but <laughs> it is nice to do something where money's not even a factor. Yeah. Um. But maybe it means I'll always be living with my parents forever now. <laughs> so we'll see. For what it's worth, I always think that, like, I think people get not obsessed with it, but I think that people go straight to is that magazine making money as being the bellwether? Uh, like, so is this magazine successful? Is it making money? And I, I actually don't think that is necessarily the most helpful. Mm-hmm measure because you I mean as a reader it doesn't matter to me that you're not all being paid for making this magazine I guess the only reason it becomes an issue is because you get older like you get competing pressures coming in your life and then actually you have to move away from doing this because actually you don't have the time to put into it that for me is the only reason that becomes a problem because it's annual it's like it's huge. It's like huge physically. It's like a lot of work to put it together because it's so big. But because it's annual, it is actually manageable to do it. Just. Yeah, I mean, it, I mean, it's, I mean, it's it hard. swings and roundabouts. But it's, like, yeah. for example, after we do our launch party, which is on the twelfth of November, buy the ticket. Um, that was that we, was too high. <laughs> the twelfth of November. <laughs> Yeah, but after we do that, we're going to have a break until January. We're just like, have a break. We're not going to think about Ladybird. And then January Maybe be we'll friends. be back. And it's kind of, you know, there is a very, very intense period where you're editing everything. Um, where you're like, you know, I was, I was working then at that point. You work full day and then you work basically, you know, past midnight on Ladybird every night. And you do feel a bit like, oh my God. But it's not too bad because it's only for a short amount of time. And then because we work so slowly we don't work simultaneously so while we're doing that Scarlett and Bronnie are just like chilled and then we pass it over to them and then they're not we're chilled (laughs) and they are having the worst time ever so it's like you know it it kind of you have breaks and it's it's like I mean yeah you don't you you basically don't have a weekend for like a few months but it's that's that's a that's an okay price to pay I think 
it's a it's so important to make something which isn't about selling something. I know we're selling it, but we're only selling it so we can make another one, you know. But it's like <laughs> everything is about selling something and it's so exhausting and, and like overwhelming and depressing and empty and it's so nice to make something which isn't and yeah. and to not be buying into that for once, I think. Well, I'm really, really pleased that I got to buy into it in a little way <laughs> to send it out to subscribers. Um Thank you again for taking the time to come over and um, looking forward to, su- to coming to your party on, what was it? The 12th of November. <laughs> the 12th of November. <laughs> 12th of November, Hackney showroom. <laughs> You've just really hurt everyone's ears by doing My that. My apologies. You're going to have to edit that bit out. Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> we don't want people to know that. No way will I come anywhere near <laughs> no I'd go, but I'm deaf. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, that's it for this week. I'd like to say thanks again to Kitty, Sive and Scarlett for coming over and speaking to me about the work on Ladybeard. And thanks, of course, also to Park Communications for sponsoring the podcast. Once again, if you are thinking of taking on a print projects, um, you should definitely speak to them. They've got a whole load of expertise and uh, they're genuine print enthusiasts. You can find out more at parkcom.co.uk. That's it from me. Uh, If you've enjoyed this episode, please go follow us. Uh, You can follow us on SoundCloud. Uh, Just search for Stack Magazines or iTunes. Again, just search for Stack Magazines. And if all this has made you feel like you want to receive the sort of magazines that we send out, uh, go to stackmagazines.com and use the code PODCAST to get uh, discounts off our regular prices. Thanks very much for listening.